When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Before we get into today's author interview, just wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All of those are at ProBookNerds. You can email us with questions, comments, or suggestions. Tell us what you're reading. Share something that we said that made you laugh, whatever you like. Send those emails to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With all that said, let's get into my interview with Matt Query and Harrison Query. My guests today are brothers and Colorado natives who are involved with an r slash no sleep post you just might have heard of. It's Matt and Harrison Query. Matt is a litigator who focuses on legal issues related to water rights, natural resources, public lands, and fish and wildlife management. Harrison is a writer spanning multiple genres with projects sold to Lionsgate, Netflix, Amazon, and Sony, developing screenplays with Ridley Scott, Chris Columbus, Robert Zemeckis, and Andrew Dominic. Their new book, Old Country, comes out July 26th from Grand Central Publishing. Matt and Harrison, welcome. Thanks Thank for you. having us, Joe. Thanks for being here. Uh, to get us started, can you tell us a bit about Old Country? Yeah. Um, it comes out, you know, July 26th. We, um, it, it was, it's, uh, the storyline is based on a, on a short story that I posted to No Sleep in 2020, um, about a young couple who buy a, buy, leave the city to buy a ranch out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, it ends up being a lot more than they expected. Um, and haunted by a, a spirit that takes a new form and presents itself in a new way, depending on what season it is. And uh, it's just sort of a tale about their both the culture shock of leaving the city for a lifestyle like that, plus it being a lot more exciting than it was for <laughs> my wife and I, when we really did that in real life, our, our little farm in the middle of nowhere was not haunted at all. So. <laughs> I was gonna say I saw you and your wife are on a ranch you've got some some fun animals around yeah uh I was glad I'm glad to hear that it's not anything like what <laughs> what our characters go through yeah so of course the post in question is my wife and I bought a ranch uh it was five parts like you said in 2020 uh at what point did you go this needs to be a novel well it kind of someone reached out to me on, on my anonymous Reddit account and oh, wow. um, was interested in optioning it. And that's not really my wheelhouse, but it is my brother's luckily enough. And so I reached out to him and was like, what do I do? And long story short, he quarterbacked it into, um, into a novel deal and a movie deal. That's fantastic. Harrison, yeah. what was that like? 
uh, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I've, um, you know, I've been lucky to have been part of that process with some other kind of IP based novel or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, adaptation based, uh, sales like that, but obviously nothing that my brother had written. And so I went from, uh, finding out my brother had written something at all to selling a novel and movie <laughs> deal within I think, a few days. So yeah. it was, uh, it was a bit of a head spinner, but it was really fun. I mean, uh, you know, as with everything you kind of put in the hands of your, representatives or whatever they, right. they figure out the the sort of strategy in terms of bringing it to the market and uh with this one it just went crazy and uh you know yeah. the film and the book deal happened more or less right on top of each other uh which was cool too because normally obviously the book a book deal or would either have happened before a film deal or at least or if not you know having the book already had come out and been successful before a movie deal happened so having it all happen at the same time was pretty wild but uh it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like finding out that your brother had, had written this that blew up? <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I, I, I know that he was a big uh, consumer and fan of no sleep content. Mm-hmm. For years, really. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so I was, I guess part of me was surprised and part of me wasn't, but it was, it was definitely uh, cool to see just the reaction it had gotten and how popular it was and how much people loved it. And right. um, even with all of that, just having been around the block a few times in that Hollywood world, I wasn't, you know, you always hope something people respond to something in the, in that market, but you just never know. You can have all the things in the world and people can still find a reason to say no, but this one, uh, yeah, this was a, a rocket ship for sure, which was really cool and really hard to do. I mean, it's testament to the to the short story that he wrote because, you know, right. I've I've gone out to those buyers with things written by, I mean, huge writers and, and you know, people don't bite. So it's it's not easy to get that kind of interest for sure. It is, it is fascinating the way that social media has just kind of yeah. really transformed. So yeah. Matt, you are a kind of a, a purveyor of r slash no sleep, it sounds like. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've loved that subreddit since I think 2010 or 2011 or yeah. um, when, when I first got on Reddit and, you know, it's such a cool community and I, I don't know of any other subreddits where there's that many authors and that much short story writing being consolidated into one place. And so right. it so happens that it's sort of the horror thriller genre. And um, if there were other subreddits with a, with that much short story writing, I'd love to, I'd love to know what they are, but as far <laughs> as I know on Reddit, it's the most, you know, the active. most trafficked, the most active. And um, yeah. right. so I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there was like a, a transition at some point from creepypasta over into Reddit. And I that's think, kind of like the yeah. the closest I could compare it to. I think I I agree. I think there's definitely that was the progression, I think. Was creepypasta its own website or was that a subreddit? I thought it was its own website at some point, but it I believe now lives on as a subreddit. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I say, don't quote me on that. But if I remember I, I, being I, a teen at the, you know, like a teen in the the 2010s. Yes. Seems yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What did it feel like to just post this basically anonymous, you know, short story and have it blow up? It was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I've I've written some other um, no sleep stories, and this one 
is the one that got the most attention. You know, I think it's fun if even a hundred people upvoted no sleep story because that's a hundred real people at least that enjoyed it. And absolutely, this one was a lot more um, popular than previous ones I'd written, which was cool. But you know, as happens on Reddit, it was it was really popular, but it was still buried and gone in a day. And so, right, that's how that's how much content there is there. And so four or five months later, however long it was from when I posted the story to getting a DM from someone interested in buying the rights. Well, it was cool for me and it was cool, I thought, for any no sleep author to know that there are these people sort of perusing the archives, looking for content. And um, I got lucky. I mean, I'm proud of what I wrote, obviously, but, you know, I hope that that person and those people perusing the archives give the authors of no sleep more deals because there are fantastic authors there with really cool ideas oh absolutely no sleep like you said it's it's just so much fun to kind of go through and uh, because all of the stories kind of toe the line of what's real what's reality what's kind of fiction uh, yeah what were the responses you were getting? Like, what were the comments? Like how often were, you know, how often is it kind of that tongue in cheek? Like, Oh yeah, this is just a story. And how often were people like, this is what you need to do to cleanse your space. (laughs) (laughs) There was actually quite a bit of like, I recommend X, Y, Z. And you know, it sounds, sounds like, sounds like a, that's part of the no sleep thing though. Right. Isn't it that the comments are meant to kind of be in character also. Yeah. Participating in a, yeah. It's like the moderators do a really good job. They're they're rock stars there who, and you know, you lose, if if there's a comment like, hey, I love your writing, I love your style, great ending, that actually, that kind of comment would actually get removed because it's it's technically out of character and, um, which is fine. You know, they, they have a, I'm sure that the moderators get 50 comments per story like, that never happened, you know? And so <laughs> they're like, they have to keep it, they have to keep it tight in there to sort of keep the vibe going. And um, right. so a lot of the comments, and I was, you know, I wanted the main character to sort of be a bullheaded and frustrating. And so it was nice <laughs> to see people like, what an idiot, God, why? and um, that was, that was good feedback. It's not, it's not a coincidence that his name is Harry. <laughs> right. <laughs> With those, with those characteristics, yeah. But uh, some catharsis happening in this story. Yeah. It was just a little bit. It was it was cool though. I mean, people were were into it, and I wasn't sure how long I was going to make it. Um, but people mm-hmm. were interested in more. I also, and it, there are some authors who've had like you know seventy part pieces on No Sleep, like full yeah. multiple novel lengths, and they're really cool. But I I've always been a fan of 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 something a little more concise on it mm-hmm. and you know even mine was six parts and i think my favorite no sleep stories that i've read are a single part a single short story and so mine was too long and like most like a lot of people you know you get good feedback and people want to hear more and so you're like well i'll, I'll throw a little more onto it right you can have a little more of this like yeah, pe- yeah. the people want what i'm what i'm giving yeah. i gotta do people it so why not so speaking of Harry, one of your main characters, Harry, is a Marine. Uh, were either of you in the service or how did you kind of create this characterization? No, he's neither of us were in the military. And we, mm-hmm. we have a lot of friends and family who were. And um, I thought it would just it's a cool angle to take on something like that. And um, 
it definitely gives the right headspace. Like he knows or you don't have to set up that your main character has to learn how to protect himself and his space. He's already got that knowledge. Like take it's sort of like an easy way to to (laughs) not have him, you know, like learn how to use a rifle or learn how to, you know, and also it's helpful in that the, the main character is the kind of person to sort of, try to fight threats head on and in the story in the book that's not that's not the suggested course of action and so <laughs> right there's some trial and error and learning how to be a little more graceful in facing something that you can't just attack sure. and uh, it makes it a little more challenging for the main character if they're you know an infantryman designed to charge straight at the enemy and something like this you can't do that too so Right. Yeah. Now, um, you did mention this was posted, you know, about two years ago, 2020. How long did, did it take you to develop this from those original posts into uh, the book? I, I mean, I think once the, the book deal happened and the actual, you know, outlining and writing was underway, I would say it was probably about 15, 16 months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Through the copy editing and through all the different steps. Yeah. 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 So are you, is it fair to say that it's a, a pretty, I mean, of course it's expanded upon, but a pretty clean translation from, yeah. from the, the Reddit posts over <laughs> into the book format. Yeah. Large concepts. There's some different, there's some big major differences. The ending's different. And um, you know, there there's when you're given 400 pages as opposed to a, a Reddit post length sure. really accordion a, a story out and there's also on reddit you can take some some liberties for realism that are are you you have to explain quite a bit more of in a book and so sure change a few things and develop a few things a bit more and the yeah. cool thing is though i think that <clears throat> anyone who responded to the tone and the general uh mm-hmm. conceit of the, the the reddit story is gonna just have more of what they liked the first time around it's very much yeah. the same dna and uh a scarier more satisfying version of the the story they already read no i i love hearing that because there there is something about it that as it exists online you yeah. know it, it hits all the right parts you're like yeah this is great love it good story to just kind of share and be a part of but thinking of it and imagining it as kind of a book, knowing that all of those those tiny details get to be expanded upon, that you get to build your characters out a little more, you have yeah have uh, different opportunities. Um, what was it like, kind of crafting characters? You had you had kind of a baseline of what you were looking at originally. How did you go about either expanding them or or kind of changing around? from you know kind of from my yeah. wife and i to to old country one thing sorry you go ahead i was gonna say one thing i noticed that was cool i think just matt having gone through the process of writing it not just for the no sleep community but like we were talking about with those comments kind of in that sort of active living breathing exchange that happens on that forum it i think he had by the time we started writing the novel had so inhabited these characters and not just from a 10,000 foot writerly way, but almost like he's interacting with people as them. And it, it allowed a level of sort of maintaining this. Well, I, I think one of the things that's successful and successful with the original short and 
thankfully continues in the novel is just this very, very natural voice from the characters. It doesn't feel like you're there, you know, you're hearing the thoughts of the omnipotent authorly right. uh, sort of, you know, God, it's, it's, it, it feels very diaristic and natural. Um, and I think that was something we had, we had to, to a certain extent, not fight for, but main, maintain to mm-hmm. make didn't get novelized in a way that lost a bit of that casual magic that happens no sleep um so that was something i think that in terms of your question i think that's most noticeable with the characters that voice is really just carrying that through yeah and in the novel side you know you don't have to front load stories so (laughs) much you know like no sleep if i want any details about a character i don't remember the character limit of a reddit post but it's not that much and so right you don't have to you know, throw backstory in readers' faces as aggressively in a novel. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, do either of you have characters you find you relate to, or since it is such a, almost a different, like you were saying, Harrison, like a different approach to writing where you're having more of a conversation, you're almost putting on a persona to yeah. create. Did you find there was a character you either slipped into really easily or one that you found like borrows traits from you for either of you i think a little bit of all of them you know i mean i I did in real life have two neighbors named dan and lucy who sort of took us under their wing and showed us like two you know (laughs) clueless city kids how to manage a pretty wild piece of property and they were sweet and lovely and again there was nothing terrifying and dangerous about our property other than the occasional mountain lion, but the, the, you know, trying to get, get that sort of essence of how important it is to have good neighbors in a place like that. In mm-hmm. I liked, I liked building Dan and Lucy's characters out quite a bit. My, my uh, slightly removed position from the original short might lend some objective clarity, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the fact that he's a Marine and thankfully my brother is a gentler, kinder person uh, than Harry in the book with <laughs> barring those few exceptions. I, I read that character as him basically like that, yeah. that character to me is very much his voice and a lot of his thought processes again a rougher meter uh <laughs> not quite as evolved version of him but, uh there's parts of it yes there's parts of it where i'm like oh it's <laughs> with the exception of having my name it's basically just him. Yeah. <laughs> like my, oh, yeah, that's dog. just my brother yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dog the dog is a lot like my dog i tried of yeah. course the dog is a dead dog that's <laughs> just, that's a direct <laughs> adaptation yeah, yeah. I mean, as as any dog parent would do. Yeah. Sasha and Harry have a really healthy relationship. They fight and they work it out. They have complicated relationships with their parents and trauma from their pasts, but they have just this absolute faith and love in each other. Can you talk about building them as a couple and the importance of them as a unit throughout the novel? I like to think of it as one of the, you know, <laughs> the maybe the the primary theme of the novel and the story Mm -hmm. is building a home and building a relationship you know I think we could sort of in our own way make the entire story sort of a an allusion towards the challenges of a relationship and sure um, you know yeah in the book in the book we we build on that a little bit more than we were able to in the story which was kind of like flashy (laughs) chaos um but yeah I guess the 
the concept of striking out as a team um, mm-hmm. and it con- being confronted with all these challenges and some of the, the severity of the challenges are really tethered to the strength of the relationship. And um, absolutely, you know, hopefully that comes through in the book as well as we think it does. Oh, without a, without a doubt, because um, it would be super easy to fall into the trope that like this specific genre allows for of one of them wanted to move to the country and the other resents them for it. And this immediately falls into the like, even if one of us wanted this more than the other, we made this choice together. So I I think it it, like it clearly reads as like they are a unit. And that's I mean, that's how they're able to just kind of like, I mean, even thinking of if my partner was like, okay, here's, here's a new place out in the, in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden this, this old woman is telling me, okay, honey, write this down. Here's what you have to do. I'd be like, I know I said this was okay, but we gotta go. We're out. We're we're out. Yeah. 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 I feel like the, the, you know, obviously the story has the, uh, more surface level devices of the haunting of the spirit and all the fun set pieces mm-hmm. the scares that make it a really engaging fun worry but i think that thematic underpinning of really being about a relationship and all of that basically just representing the challenges that they that any relationship would face up till right. up to the probably most on the nose uh metaphor in the end where they're literally fighting his demons together <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know that, yeah. that's that's sort of the idea yeah right uh, speaking of the spirit, mm-hmm. uh, I remember from the original Reddit inspired by Native American folklore, um, ha- has this translated at all in the novelization? Uh, what kind of like were your influences? What drew you to it? You know, I I, I wanted and I hope I'd like to think I de- we developed this better in both the, the book and the screenplay. Um mm-hmm. But I wanted this, the idea of the spirit to have been older than any people who had ever lived in that land. And so, you know, I, I don't think I have the license to, to write on a native sort of a piece of native lore directly. And so <clears throat> I was more interested in creating this idea of a spirit that is as old as the land and every group of people who've come through that area from the earliest tribal communities until the people leaving Denver in 2020 have had to deal with in their own way. And so kind of puts all of, you know, humanity on the same scale in dealing with something so ancient and old. It's like a force of nature rather than belonging to culture. It's more like any culture around has, has dealt with it, which felt both like a less, uh, a more interesting and less, uh, I don't know, almost less cliche than the right. Native American, you know, like that. Right, on a burial ground, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been overdone forever. <laughs> it's been overdone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I asked that because like, I am almost done with the book i'll be honest because okay, cool. <laughs> cool. mm, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but i'm almost done with the book but i did reread through the whole subreddit to you know because you know less characters to get through to refresh yeah, myself yeah. and i was thinking of like well in the book it no it's no longer as clearly like oh this is x when yeah. you know our, our friendly neighbor is saying oh i th- i think it's this so i i appreciated that translation i just didn't know if like 
as I was reading through if I missed it. So I, I really like that clarity of like, this is something as old as the land or older than the land. Yeah. And right, they all have different names for it. You know, right. if we were to walk up, we'd call it a a, a ghost, a spirit or whatever right. words we have, a different culture right. would have something else for it. Okay, no, I, I, I really like that. So yeah. Like almost the idea that it was like, the, almost this idea of like, if nature itself was the best, uh, the antagonistic force it's not a ghost it's not a spirit it's yeah. like nature's angry at the people on its land right. whoever they are like from the right. Pleistocene, you know pre-clovic people through more mm-hmm. contemporary tribes in the yeah in the last millennium through people today yeah. like it's yeah it's the yeah. land itself yeah. yeah anyone who comes there has to deal with it in its own in their own way yeah and yeah i'm envisioning the the storyboard now as they're like shuffling you know if it were a research scene as they're shuffling through all of the different books on the table and the articles online exactly. every, there's different right. stories for exactly. everything there's yeah. no one source where they're like finally we have a name for it because right. there's there's right. a thousand it, names yeah. it felt like a it felt also like a timely sort of fitting idea to explore just obviously we exist in such stark conflict to nature right now to sort of couch that in a horror context felt really mm-hmm. fun as opposed to other ways we've seen the sort of man versus nature thing it's like well what if nature was a terrifying <laughs> spirit that wanted to <laughs> kill right. everyone yeah. itself of yeah. us <laughs> which maybe it does so, yeah yeah we'll see <laughs> right. right you never know what'll be in the news tomorrow so <laughs> yeah so of course there's a bit of a mantra in the book that defines the pacing follow the rules can yeah. you talk a bit about the idea of setting those rules that have to be done just so or like what uh facilitated this this kind of plot device you know there that's a good question there there was there's been sort of a trend in the horror realm and on no mm-hmm. sleep of sort of having a, a spooky idea of like don't break the rule man like we're yeah. not gonna tell you what happens if you do but it's right. just don't break the rule something kind of spooky almost about that arbitrary weirdness of it like do this random thing and if you right. don't watch out yeah it's like, wait <laughs> now we gotta see what happens if we don't and that's right. one thing we were able to flesh out more in the novel too is back to the bullheadedness of the main character sort of like mm. you know what screw this rule i'm gonna push it a little bit and dealing with the consequences of that and yeah you know it's it it was an it was a nice device to use with the idea of a seasonal a seasonally manifested spirit so that there right. can be specific ways and also it helps it helps set up the idea that there's been people who've lived in this valley for a long time who haven't left right. because at the end of the day if you follow the steps you can survive you know right. and so if there weren't, if there wasn't a way to do that, I think it'd be difficult to explain why in the hell there'd be anyone still there. <laughs> right. Why, <laughs> so, why is there a person who can tell him the rules? Yeah. 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 Right. No, no, that's super fascinating that like, in theory, you can take this horrifying experience and make it just mundane part of your life. You can, yeah. with, oh, oh, it's the fall. It's time to, sure. you know, burn the scarecrow people like, far enough away. Yep. Like, like it's time to start cutting wood for the winter. And right. It's just another time. thing on the, the yeah. to-do list. Yeah. Um, yeah. It also really lends to the credence of like, it is just the earth because it yeah. is seasonal. So yeah. what inspired you to have, these kind of just different times of the year, different situations. I, 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 I spend most of my free time outside and yeah. off trail and backpacking and mountaineering and exploring. And I've always really 
enjoyed the nuances of the seasons and mm-hmm. all the little pieces of nature that change. And I think that's ultimately where the idea came from. It's just like, you know, yeah. nature does a completely different dance at different times of the year. And so, and, you know, and just simply, I hadn't heard of that being done yet, you know, absolutely. There's, there's not a ton of unexplored territory in like the, the haunted story genre and, sort of and maybe i'm wrong maybe there is a story out there about no i think the the horror scape has uh, has a lot of solid components people are doing what's been working and i can't think of uh of uh, really any examples that come to mind where the seasons seasons yeah. are manifesting something new but also that the old drops off or that you're not right. seeing like oh well now that it's you've made it through the year the end of the year is going to be the worst because you'll see everything all at once and yeah right it's also right. felt seemed like a really fun device and that it's such a slow burn it's not like yeah. clock strikes midnight it's like hey months we got months here and you're just that anticipation right. builds in such an unbearable as the you know days on the calendar tick by it at yeah. one point feels right. less urgent but somehow almost more agonizing because there's so much time to think about what's coming and yeah. you're sitting Absolutely. at the table talking about it it's like you know they're just stuck on the tracks waiting for this train to hit them and they can't do anything about it yeah like, like waiting for a season is yeah you know? exactly right Slowburn is an excellent way to put it because right it it sets the pacing in the in the fact that like yeah i'm gonna make something happen but you don't really know when other than the season's gonna change and something new is coming and it it also makes you go like okay how much can i trust this person that's laying out the rules as they're saying like yeah nothing's happening right now but you have to like choose to believe and also choose to like hold how much skepticism yeah 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 it's a it's a fun it's a fun way to write up the story yeah yeah so of course there were things you expanded upon um did you find anything that you kind of like cut or changed entirely the ending is quite a bit different yeah um you know in the in i guess we're allowed to i don't want to throw out any spoilers here but of course not the ending of the no sleep story um the way that he dealt with that final season um Mm -hmm. it didn't really give any closure to like you know like okay so you figured right. out this one season what about the spring you know fall and summer um the ending was definitely pretty substantially redesigned and it, yeah you know, and it and also to what we were talking about before mm-hmm. it it much more successfully connects thematically to that whole relationship undercurrent and it feels yeah. it, it's a lot cleaner and i think more satisfying um Great. and that you know the ending of the no sleep story it created almost like metaphysical questions that you didn't have to address in a no sleep story but you do in a novel and it's like you know wait a second so does this spirit really have the ability to reach into whatever the afterlife is and get real people's spirits like is this god you know and so we, we didn't want to really have to answer those questions and we we stress tested it on a level that yeah. You might not have to on Reddit, but here it was like, okay, yeah, you might we're not, gonna get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. you're yeah. not gonna be able to shoot as many holes in it. And yeah, the ending was probably the biggest total redesign. Other than that, I feel like it was a pretty faithful expansion of everything. Yeah, there's um, not such an upfront disclosure of what's going on. We sort of dragged that out a bit longer 
for the sake of the reader, you know, and yeah, um, it was definitely an interesting, weird exercise because we were doing the screenplay simultaneously for a movie studio. And oh. like, as is the case with most film adaptations, there were much more dramatic reinventions there, some of which just were in direct opposition to what we were writing in the novel. So right. that was an interesting tug of war and one that at times was frustrating, but at times actually really helped because you get yeah. such radical changes proposed in a film adaptation because people just don't give a shit what <laughs> right <laughs> and sometimes there's good ideas in that actually or at totally. least it leads to something that says okay we're not gonna you know do what you just came up with but there's <laughs> but that gave there. me the next yeah <laughs> yeah yeah wow. it was it was pretty far out doing both at the same time yeah 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 now matt do you find yourself still writing on no sleep I haven't yet since we since I posted this story, but I have sure. a few stories half half loaded and ready to to post. And you know, we're working on other book and movie ideas right now. So we've got some yeah. cool, exciting things going. But I haven't posted since I posted this story, and okay. um, but I will. I plan to. That's hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And do you see yourself wanting to write more in kind of like the novel format? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really, I got, I got it down and I really enjoyed working with Grand Central Hatchet mm-hmm. and the publishing editing team is so cool. And um, they, they really are. <laughs> give you a lot of instruction, but freedom and, you know, helpful guidance along the way. And um, yeah, yeah I, I really loved it and would love to keep doing it. Well, that's exciting. Do you think yeah. we'll return to kind of this space at all? Um, you know, kind of this, this world or these characters? It's as much as you can say, of course. Yeah, that's very possible. And we've talked a lot about it. We're working on a pretty cool project right now that is a separate standalone um, story, but still. That's exciting. The Western U.S. um, Mm -hmm. horror genre, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's such a thing. Um, I think there is because a horror on on your side of the U.S. is a little different than over here on the East Coast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nature, nature plays a bigger part in it. You have, yeah, you know, wide right. expanses of land. You've got, you Big know, open, people who, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Different, different setting for sure. But yeah, that, that's on the books. That well, that's exciting. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to it because <laughs> this one alone. <laughs> and now, as the uh, as the youngest sibling in my family, what was it like working? as brothers it was awesome <laughs> it was great i mean it, was, it actually was good, great and i think it was a it was a nice uh kind of exchange in the, in the sense that obviously he wrote the original short story and and it's his story in, in in that sense and simultaneously i've been you know writing professionally for right a while and it was a it was a nice sort of uh give and take in that sense in terms of feeling like we both had a lot to, to bring to it and yeah harry held my hand through a lot of the process of <laughs> on a lot of different in a lot of ways it, it, it worked That's out awesome. really well and it, yeah. it was also nice too that that weird simultaneous action of writing the screenplay and the movie at the same time uh yeah. allowed us to you know both kind of take the wheel in different medium and and yeah. uh yeah, it, it was great. It was fun. I mean, we're not speaking anymore other than this. Yeah, <laughs> Together today and for today yeah, only. Yeah. <laughs> There's a security guard sitting behind the computer right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah what, was... what the listeners can't hear is the thin sheet of plexiglass protecting yes. one from the other. Yes. No, it was it was great. It was awesome. We've yeah. always gotten along super well in this. Yeah. This was just a fun, it was a fun 
several years of of seeing seeing her the professional writing world and and yeah. jumping into it. Now, do you imagine uh, co-writing something from the start together? We're doing it now. Yep. All right. Yeah. I mean, just trying yeah. to steal as much as I can out of you. Yeah. 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 No, we're we've got a uh, you know film and book right. projects in the works, and uh, you know, cool. yeah, we're we're trying to make it so he doesn't have to go back to a day job anytime. That's soon. right. So that's, that's, the, right. that's the idea. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's the real dream. That's that's what I love to see. People who can write and create content the way that the two of you do uh, shouldn't shouldn't have to do anything other than that. They should I mean, just keep. Like that was, that's one of my favorite things about this story. Just having been in Hollywood for mm-hmm. about a decade, it's such an undemocratic, unfair system. Yeah. And uh, there's a bit of that that exists in the publishing world too. And I just, I know Absolutely. so many writers who have more talent than I'll ever have who can't get a cup of coffee with a editor or a publisher and agent. And it's, there's so much luck involved in that the Reddit no sleep thing, like Matt was saying before the fact that there is this reality now where there are people just out there looking for content and talent in a way where it's like, Hey, if you've got the goods and you write something that people respond to, you don't necessarily need to have a family member in the business or an agent or a friend or whatever, it might just get picked up. And I feel like this is a kind of hopeful example of the internet and everything else, hopefully leading towards a more, uh, absolutely fair way of all of this working yeah i really hope so because um you know of course this story jumps out to me and the only other one that i can think of that jumps out in the same way kind of the same vein is dear david are you familiar yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was a, a twitter thread adam yeah. ellis yep. yep you know popular illustrator yep. um but, and you know kind of in both senses both projects snapped up but still given you know kind of a long development cycle yeah. it, it almost feels like yeah um yeah i'm i'm glad to see that that kind of like equity coming through but also at the same time what has it been like uh, with development on the if we'll kind of pivot over to the screenplay side it, yeah. it feels like sold what sold in 2020 to netflix is that netflix. Correct? yeah uh it's been interesting i mean you know as is the case with the life cycle of any project in hollywood yeah. it's always a crazy you know there's so many factors in that ecosystem that can affect what's happening on the ground from what's going on with a studio and it's sort of bigger uh economic reality and various talent coming and going and covid and directors and actors i mean it's just you know (laughs) it's there's a lot going on but what's nice on the writing side as opposed to even just a director or certainly producers it's like you write your script you do the best script you can and then it's kind of uh off into the hands of the people who have to do the rest of it. So, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's really exciting. There's a lot of excitement about this. Well, the book's about to come out, which is only going to, uh, you know, heat things really up. amplify. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been great. And, uh, you know, Netflix is awesome and we've, I've done a bunch of projects with them and they're mm-hmm. really great to develop with. And, uh, you know, you can't ask for a lot more. It can be a lot more frustrating in Hollywood. This was about as, uh, pleasant as it gets so yeah i love to hear it <laughs> yeah yeah it's my first experience seeing any of that world yeah and you know it it we got to write the screenplay and the producers were had some really fun cool ideas for it and you know harrison was sort of leading the leading the charge there because it's such a mm-hmm. weird medium uh, writing screenplays it's yeah so you know without hi- having him i you know, I downloaded what is it, Final, Final Draft, Draft Pro for yeah. the first time. Was like, <laughs> this is weird, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was really fun to see, and um, yeah, had a good time. It was a weird one 
do because there's so much internal dialogue in the book in terms of what you're thinking. And obviously with a script, you know, unless you're writing uh, with narration, right. you can only really share what's said spoken verbally. And that required that dance of like, okay, we need to somehow communicate this, but we can't have these strange characters that are just saying exactly what they're thinking all the time. Uh, <laughs> right and you don't necessarily want to take the uh the we'll just have him uh narrate these pieces as, yeah. as well or, approach yeah, exactly or the or the push in on the diary as they start writing and like, <laughs> right uh, right huh, if he's writing yeah. in the diary we can read it out loud yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah 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 uh, so uh you both developed the screenplay uh is that kind of where the process lies you you're basically kind of like handing it over do you know uh, or like what is your involvement what's your dream involvement either uh, yeah. even as it starts to come together yeah. uh script's been written and it's mm-hmm. in that uh exciting uh and fraught stage of uh you know <laughs> looking at what that next step might be and uh you know definitely a lot of exciting possibilities and it, you know unlike a book, unlike the book, which is written and coming out and it's kind of a, a done mm-hmm. deal at this point, there's a, a lot of, a lot of potential uh, things happening in the Hollywood world that are uh, yeah. less easy to openly get into, but it's in a very, you know, exciting spot and uh, certainly only going to be more so when the book comes out and hopefully is, hopefully is well received. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll be uh, anxiously awaiting that Netflix date. Uh, yes. I I did learn uh, when I interviewed a quick AMEZ, they, um, and they had said that like, by I thought publishing was slow. This is next level. So publishing is, I, mean, I mean, in so many ways, publishing is uh interesting experience for me. I mean, it's, it's so different. I mean, in, in so many ways that I won't even uh, bore you with, but certainly the uh the speed in hollywood can be both head spinningly fast where it's like wait you just put something out into the market and two days later you make this deal and then at the same time just you're crawling with certain things you're like how is this how does it take a month for this one thing to happen can we just get on the phone and just decide really quick yeah but right hollywood now i of course if you can't say it i'll cut it uh who who would you cast um there's definitely been a lot of conversations about this uh sure and there's some really exciting interest from some actual names that i won't mention but um but but like in your own world dancing around what you're allowed to say and if you're not once again if you're not if neither of you're allowed to say it all we'll we'll happily strike but (laughs) you know there's like the there's like you can kind of swing i don't know i'm i'm programmed now to think in those kind of like almost kind of gross hollywood terms where it's like all right what's the biggest current name that we could get that would be the most <laughs> commercially valuable so you know right. could we get a bradley cooper in this bradley like cooper, the ryan reynolds get ryan reynolds mm-hmm. and like lively to do it as a married couple or or whatever right. you know those absolutely I, um if it was purely like creatively yeah i mean like if it was my dream cast i don't know uh for harry i mean this slightly ages him up that's it's kind of the cool thing about this project is the age really could be, could be anything yeah on the older side if you were to age him up i love the idea of like a john bernthal or michael shannon either of them was amazing if you were going to go more faithful to the book um i don't know who did we talk about we talked about uh somebody brought up john david washington which would be cool um, absolutely um who else have we talked I, about a million names yeah <laughs> In the book, do you see anyone matt 
I, yeah, were you right? I, I like the idea of John Bernthal, but again, and yeah. for the novel, I intentionally, with the exception of gendering the characters, I left mm-hmm. the main characters as undescribed as possible. Right. Sure. So as to sort of let the reader come up with, yeah. So I, I have all kinds of, you know, John Bernthal, I've just enjoyed over the last few years, but yeah. it could be, it, it could be so many people. No, yeah, I have, absolutely. I'm all over the board, you know, and <laughs> I think there could be some cool, sort of crusty old mountain mm-hmm. you know performances of Dan and Lucy's Lucy characters sure. and uh yeah so. I will say just because I've become a devoted almost obsessive fan over the last couple of years to revise my answer if I got my dream cast <laughs> if I got my dream casting and director it might be Bill Hader actually oh okay yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's fantastic yeah, that would be <laughs> that'd be really cool that would be the dream for sure <laughs> that would be really cool yep uh no i can see it now yep. you always expect him to say something funny <laughs> and when he never does that somehow oh. makes it even stronger yeah. i don't know if you watch barry i won't pivot too hard off subject here but i think he's a genius i mean i think he's a- the, the casting could be anywhere yeah. you know it's I'm cool with um if I'm cool with if the cameras are rolling. We're yeah, satisfied. <laughs> we're glad that it's in production. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I sometimes authors just have an exact like I see this person. I, yeah. I like those kind of just like no pop in whoever you see. Yeah. Um. Now since both of you write in different ways entirely, what is your writing setup like? Music, snacks on hand. What are you drinking? Uh, uh, yeah, anything <laughs> like that. Matt, I mean, I'll, I'll take a second. Yeah. Matt, Matt probably looks like a professional writer at a desk, coffee at a decent hour at 11 in the morning and with a schedule in front of him. For me, I'm sitting up in bed at three in the morning. There's probably a, you know, bag of popcorn next to me and I'm yeah. writing till dawn when I fall asleep. That's Harry writes when it comes to him. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like, you know, from, of course, litigation is, Doing like a tribe, a tribal brief is, you know, or a natural resources briefing is considerably more boring than writing, you know, fiction. Just a little different, sure. Very, very different. But I think because because I've done that, and you know, with the exception of the occasional courtroom appearance, appearance litigation is just writing, and so sure, it's been ingrained in me to make it a sort of nine to five process where, yeah, you know, I I'm I'm at a desk and it's not as easy when you're doing something creative because right you can't force you can't force a good idea but right. i definitely like to set up days where yeah you know I, i'm a little some structure i envy that i uh <laughs> even though for me it's just the, the coming up with research for the podcast good coming together with questions and yeah. and putting the time together yes, it's part of my nine to five and I, I try to fit it in there, but there are days I'm like, yeah, I have this two hour block open. That's when it's done. And then uh, five minutes before, you know, like a yeah. huge meeting, I'll just be like, all of these questions are finally here. Sometimes I think that's healthy. Uh, like, I, I like, uh, I don't think that's, I'm a bit of a procrastinator, but I definitely enjoy having a hard deadline and, I feel like the quality of my ideas and writing gets better as the deadline approaches. <laughs> yeah, sometimes not having a lot, not having the leeway to just reflect and revise and think too much when it's like, all right, I got to just let it rip is sometimes better mm-hmm. in terms of the actual output. Totally. A little more raw, a little yeah. more authentic to your own voice compared to uh, like trying to manufacture. Right. Yeah. Following a, an outline is 
yeah something i abandoned kind of at the beginning of this process it doesn't work that way yeah i like to i always i like to have a very specific outline for anything i'm writing that i then completely ignore and never open again (laughs) completely just forget it exists rolled up in a drawer somewhere (laughs) you gotta do it you know yeah you gotta so uh just to to start to wrap us up some questions from a nosy podcaster Uh, what do you both like to do in your free time Matt's got way more hobbies than I do, so I'll let him answer. I like I like fly fishing a lot and just being outside. You know, on whenever I have a free few hours, I like to get my dog and go off as far off a trail as I can. And you know, I like using hiking trails, obviously, but sure, there's a lot of there's people and there's man-made things to distract you and. Right. Uh, so yeah, being outside in the in the mountains and the woods, just getting away from the desert is is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not mine. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah. I appreciate it. I love yeah. me some nature. Yeah. I also have it like a beautiful. You, you've got a great backdrop. You know, I I love to set myself up in a nice room that looks yeah, out onto nature. Like but, uh... through, a wind, through an air conditioned window. Like, look exactly. At yeah. Even a TV will do. It doesn't even need to be a real window. Just you know, like, I just it's nice to look at from a distance. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, obviously a huge film and, uh, uh, literature fan. Um, we both have, uh, grew up doing a lot of, uh, well, Matt was a lacrosse player for a while. We did boxing for a a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my, my, uh, my interests are a little less exciting. I like to go out to a good restaurant, watch some good movie and going out to good restaurants. Yeah. yeah. It's when they can afford, Re- when they can afford to do it yeah. or, or not afford to do it. Yeah. It's uh, still something I like to do. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Find me a good restaurant any day. Yes. <laughs> exactly. uh, are, are either of you reading anything right now? What's on the, what's on the reading list? <laughs> I, I, I'm a wildland firefighter and I just went on a wildland fire deployment to Texas and, Oh, my wow. captain brought some Louis L'Amour Western novels, like <laughs> a classic, yeah, 160 page, like dime novels. And yep. I'd never read one and I'd never, I guess I'd heard of him before because he's a lot of people everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. And all the books were written in the seventies, eighties. And um, I, I tore through two of them in like a day and we both are up in Michigan at a family place. And I brought like, six of these Louis L'Amour novels and everywhere I go, someone, someone's like, is that Louis L'Amour? Like, love, love those books. And I, didn't, I didn't even know he existed until a couple of months ago. And they're just, there's something, there's an art to the page turner for me that mm-hmm. I, I, and of course I love, you know, deep literature, but something that I can tear through. It's just something about a grocery store pickup. Like, totally. totally. Yeah. That's it's a there it's 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 its own art to me for sure. I just started. My aunt gave me. She had just read a couple of weeks ago uh, the anomaly by um, French author. Uh, the big bestseller. I hadn't heard of it, but I guess it's like a very popular book. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's H E V R E. And apparently, she said it was just absolutely incredible. And it's some kind of you know it seems like it's a thriller kind of mystery. Huh. But uh, yeah, yeah, immediately, <laughs> immediately Googling. <laughs> yeah, it's apparently like fantastic. I'm sure you're seeing a lot about it. I, it was very popular, but I had heard. 
Um, I, ha- I haven't either. And I'm, yeah. I'm out here in the book world. So yeah, add that to my list. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if that lives up to it. I'll be upset with her if, if it doesn't. <laughs> that I get. Yeah. Um, now on the, on the other end, are you binge watching anything right now? Well, I just binged my second go through of all three seasons of Barry, hence my obsessive Bill Hader fanhood. Uh, and I'm rewatching Boardwalk Empire, which actually okay. I'm watching it for the first time, really, uh, which has me also kind of in love with Michael Shannon at the moment. So, yeah, I yeah. we watched my wife had never seen The Sopranos or The Wire. And so, OK, COVID, we embarked on those journeys rewatched for me, but they were fantastic. And then we just had a baby 11 and a half weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. We, thank you. We, we can't. We can't, it takes us like three days to get through a single episode that we're, of something we're trying to pay attention to. And so yeah. we just rewatched like The Office and House MD and just mindless stuff that, right, that you don't really need to pay too much attention to. Not to discredit those shows. No, but, but some of the best options to have when you yeah. need to like just yeah. chill out. And like if this is our quality time yeah. where we're also both kind of resting and relaxing, yeah. that's what we all need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, So when you're headed to the cafe, what's the go-to drink order? Lately, my writing partner on a couple projects, uh, who's also a novelist, Tommy Wallach, who's written a bunch of like YA bestsellers. Awesome. He got me drinking Cortados, which I always feel obnoxious ordering, but they're perfect. I'm I'm just a very classic single shot latte guy. I uh, frothy milk and, and espresso is all I need. Honestly, two excellent orders. Either way, if you walk in and walk out with it, you're going to be happy. Yep. Favorite kind of restaurant to go to? Ooh. Oh, man. I... Our family is in the restaurant business. Our parents are both chefs. and uh, Oh, so you, every, food, night, every night was pretty good. Food is a big deal in this family. So you just asked maybe the hardest question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's your favorite yeah. song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, really like, I really like seafood a lot. And, you know... Um, so like a, a really good meal or, or just culinary experience for me is somewhere on the West Coast going mm-hmm. in and ordering a dozen oysters and a glass of white wine or a cocktail um, okay. or, you know, going to a place with a really good burger. Yeah. 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 Just real simple. Just toast the bun and I'm going to enjoy it. I love I love almost every kind of food, but nothing I guess from an air on an aromatic level, mm-hmm. walking into a good Italian restaurant can't really be. Yeah. Me. I mean, yeah. that's about yep. as for me. Yeah. Hey, t- can't <laughs> go wrong. I, either way, really can't go wrong. Uh, yeah. I love the idea of a good burger or right. Just the, the fresh smells of, you know, basil, oregano, all of that coming through the air. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Any projects you're working on right now that you can talk about? Um, we're working on another new novel slash film, um, okay. which is in the sort of horror thriller genre, um, cool. which is really exciting. Uh, I'm working on a, a handful of uh, different film projects. Um, it's an action movie thing at Amazon, and I'm doing a true crime six-part miniseries for Paramount right now uh, oh. with my other writing partner, Tommy Wallach, uh, which is exciting yeah it's 
It's probably as much as I can say about it, but it's fair. It's something I've been trying to do for like 10 years and we finally made it happen and it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, all, all the right words, true crime yes. <laughs> miniseries. Yes. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I defer to Harry for those. I'm not sure what I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and then anywhere online, the listeners can find you if they want to keep in touch or keep up with anything. I have an Instagram, which is just my name, Harrison Query. I think that's about it. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not sure it's worth following me, but I'm there if you want to. <laughs> Say hello. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, and my Reddit account where I posted the original stories is, is a great place to DM me. And I, I check it fairly often. I've that's good to know. Met a bunch of cool people through there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, readers today love being able to connect with their authors and especially yeah. coming from a space like Reddit. Good to know that, of course, you're still on there. You still have posts in the works and, you know, people can yeah. DM you there. Yeah. Well, awesome. Before we wrap up, anything else you'd like listeners to take away from old country? I just hope it uh, scares you and keeps you up at night and maybe makes you uh, think a little more fondly of the person sleeping next to you. Yeah. I, like I said, I think, I hope that it's thought provoking and gets people spooked and thinking about thinking about deeper meanings and nature. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I really do think there's a, a great art in the, the compelling page turner. And so yeah. I hope, I hope that's how it's received. Well, yeah. Matt and Harrison, thank you both so much for taking the time to join me today and for sharing all about all of your upcoming projects. We're super excited to have you and, uh, Good luck. I'll be I'll be looking forward to everyone's responses once they start reading it. And uh, of course, once we can all uh, watch. And then, of course, listeners, as always, happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com. And our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Thank you.